Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. You know, the Easter Bunny does not get anywhere near as much respect as Santa Claus. Funny. From deep underground in Staten Island's beer bunker slash virtual saloon, welcome to yet another episode of Three Beers In, the craft beer show bringing you the latest beer news and unique craft beer reviews. I am your host, Dom, and I'd like to welcome you to episode number 163. I'm so proud to present it to you. And this week we are drinking Ailmentary Brewing Company Sports Ball. It's an IPA coming in at 6.2% ABV, and I am hoping for a juice bomb because I haven't had a juice bomb in quite some time. I do like the fact that I'm having these old-style IPAs when I'm drinking them, but, you know, for the fact that... Uh, these uh, New England-style IPAs and juice bombs are supposed to be the thing that's in right now. I'm not getting them. It's not coming my way. That's a little upsetting in the grand scheme of things when it comes to these craft beers that we drink. And by the way, it's been really hard to pronounce ailmentary, okay, and sports ball, okay? At least this is the second time I'm doing the introduction because I kept saying elementary or just botching ailmentary completely, and I kept saying sports bar because you're just so used to saying fucking sports bar, you know, when you when you're talking about beer and all that. But I am I'm a little excited about this one. Uh, anytime that I can uh, and jump into an IPA, my hope is that it will be a juice bomb. We we shall see. Not going to get too far ahead, but I do hope that everyone had a happy and wonderful Easter. Um, being that you know stuck in home and everything like that, uh, not being able to really get together with family and friends. Uh, well, mainly family. Who gets, I don't think the friends get together for, for Easter, but, you know, it's not like those holidays. But um, I took the time. I wanted to jump in on the Andrea Bocelli was having a concert. I watched two seconds of it, and I just, I don't know, I just became bored of it. I don't, I'm, I'm really sorry. But I did like that I got to see some awesome shots of Rome. They had some um, some drone footage of Rome. <clears throat> Which was really, really pleasant and nice to see. What a beautiful city. And uh, I, I added it to my bucket list because then, um, again, just browsing around, I, I saw that um, the Pope was having a mass at, uh, I think is it St. Peter's Basilica? Is that the word? The chapel there? Or is it a, wait a minute. It's a cathedral. Wait a minute. I wonder what the difference between a cathedral and a basilica is. Probably some very technical architectural blah, blah, blah. But um, I'm not going to get into that. But I got to catch some of the Pope doing his thing. And, um, you, know, you, you know, as a Catholic, I was raised Catholic, so I carry the guilt, you know, all the time, which many Catholics do. And as you get older, you become a bit, I think, a little bit closer to religion. Right, I kind of, I think that's like how it goes. You get closer to the end, you're like, you know. So uh, that's that's a part of the whole the whole thing there. But um, I was actually taken back by the the church or whatever the chapel basilica that he was given the uh, the mass in because it was fucking gorgeous. I mean, uh, Lord forgive me for the nomenclature there, but uh, I usually curse to emphasize things and. It really was fantastic. I mean, these statues were like thirty feet tall and stuff, and huge and very triumphant. And even if like uh, 
I think even if I wasn't, I didn't carry the Catholic guilt and always loosely, you know, it's always in the back of your head, Catholicism, for those that were raised Catholic. If you guys aren't Catholic, that's cool. That's no big deal. We're all brought together by beer. And uh, the it it put it on my bucket list. I said, you know what? I really would love to go see that one day. Religion aside, I just found it so awe-inspiring uh, to see how grandiose it looked. I mean, the marble and the just the 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 epicness of the place. You know, definitely want to put on my bucket list. On my bucket list is Oktoberfest, obviously. Okay, I uh, want to try to go when when the baby is a little bit older, so it'd be easier. Even though you could get on first if you have a stroller, right? That's actually those those days. I mean, that's really good to be able to get on early. But then again, you have to have a baby on your lap for multiple, multiple hours because I'm not paying for the seat. <laughs> you know? Um, and it's a monsoon out there right now. I don't know if I said that already. But, uh, yeah, I didn't go to work today because uh, the baby's a little sick. And uh, we're trying to get everything lined up to take care of her. But COVID has been a little bit of a bitch when it comes to that. So didn't go in today trying to still coordinate that. And, and it gave me the opportunity to do this podcast right now. Uh, and the weather's real shit. Thank God I didn't get to go in today. But it gave me a taste of the quarantine life, being uh, cooped up a little bit. You know, having to um, <clears throat> figure out what to do because you can't go out. It's amazing how I'm kind of a – Ari and I, we're not home bodies, so to speak. But we work – I mean, she works really hard during the week. And um, and her job almost like never stops, so – so she's tired at the end of the week and the weekend, and, and I'm kind of like, all right, I'm, a, I'm you're staying in, I'm staying in. So we really never went out that much. We weren't like, we're not goers and doers like that. I mean, we we sometimes we're in the mood we go, we do. Maybe I'm I shouldn't be saying that. Actually, it kind of sounds like we don't do anything. But um, she would probably murder me for saying that because we we actually do do quite a bit. But nonetheless, okay, I could say nonetheless once or twice. That's okay. Even though I do say never to say it because I said it way too much. All right. We know that I've said that phrase way too much in the show. So I do apologize. One or two nonetheless is, is going to be fine. Either way. It's pretty good, right? Either way. Um, now that it's taken away from me that he can't go out, it's like really, I mean, it really hits you. Like, I really want to go out and do something. I said the first thing I'm going to do when this thing's all over is I'm, I'm going to a bar that has wings. Okay. And, and sports on the television. I'm going to just go for that and then i want to hit up some breweries and stuff because i missed out on that by the way support 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 your local breweries as much as possible in this try in these trying times because we just don't know when it's going to be over with we don't know when it's going to be done so it's very important that we continue to surge ahead and support our local breweries but again i really hope that everyone had a wonderful um easter yes i am now uh I didn't. I, I do want to go to Rome. I do want to visit the Vatican. I want to see what it's all about. Um, part of it's religious, and part of it, I mean, most of it is historical. Like I want to see the the architecture, and I want to see the old place that is Rome, mainly Rome, and then right into there to the Vatican. Rome first, then Vatican, and then Oktoberfest. Obviously, I mean, for obvious reasons, I'm a huge, I'm a huge beer guy. I'm big into beer. It's a big part of my life and a big part of things that I do. Here I am doing this podcast. Um, 163 episodes strong, right? Is that what? Yeah, 163. Um, so I'm doing this new thing where I don't drink the beer until I do my little mo um, monologue. 
in the beginning. And then I hit pause and I go drink it, write down my notes, do the beer news, uh, and then hit the review. Uh, and then, the, well, first the hop of the week, then the beer news, and then we hit the review. So um, that's the way it's going to be. So that's that. It's hard to it's hard to not segue because like I'm going to hit pause and get up and and do stuff. So I feel like I have to do like a like a goodbye type thing. But like for you, it's like as if it never happened. So I really have to work on my segue. I'm thinking about maybe getting sound effects. Now that's probably going to turn this show upside down because they're probably going to be awful. But um, I'm going to do it anyway because Rob Obermeyer is not here to yell at me about it anymore. Oh, also, this whole coronavirus thing and people being cooped up. I mean, now this is this is either going to be great for me or terrible for me. Everyone thinks they could do a podcast now. Everyone's getting equipment and good equipment too. Okay, these are people that would spend their money on, do- I don't know what else they were doing in terms of hobbies or something like that. But now everyone is getting, everyone's getting out there and buying some high-end equipment like Sure uh, SMB uh, 520s, whatever the fuck they're, those the, the Joe Rogan mics, and they're doing podcasts. But the thing is, it's just like you could buy really great equipment and stuff like that, you know, because it, it's not going to make you good. That's That's the best part. So I really hope that, the podcast world is flooded with a whole bunch of garbage, and I think I could rise above all that filth uh, and be even better because I, I built this, dare I say, beer craft beer podcast empire. <laughs> okay, look, and I gotta have tongue in cheek with that type of uh, talk. I did it with really poor equipment, poor a poor microphone, <clears throat> um, terrible mixing abilities, and um. Poor microphone, terrible mixing abilities, and and fairly rough content. But we still rose above and had some really great feedback and some really awesome uh, um, numbers. Uh, it's gotten a lot better now that Rob is gone. Uh, well over a year now. So, I mean, he's long gone. People who are listening now, um, I think I think people remember Rob, but it's, it, they're not. he's not on the mind unless I bring it up. But I think that what's going to happen is you're going to have so many, an influx of all of these terrible podcasts of people just like talking about them being uh, shackled up. I mean, you know, I bring it up from time to time. I mean, every episode I've talked about the fucking coronavirus and shit and how you're all cooped up and everything. But you're going to have a whole bunch of people that are going to take the podcasting and try to turn it into their Instagram slash Facebook uh, slash, you know, TikTok or whatever, where it's just like a look at me. I'm now doing a podcast. Listen to me and also like my pictures. And then they'll probably stop doing it. But either way, I will keep going on, uh, you know, regardless of what happens. <laughs> uh, and and ho- hopefully we will stand the test of time and not be one of those that flush out. I don't think we will be. I'm going to be like I said, I'm going to be doing this until until the end, you know, until uh, until the Lord calls me home. There I am going all religious again. But hey, you know, be on the lookout for these new podcasts. Um, maybe some of them will be good. Who knows? But I do predict a lot of them will just be a bunch of uh, kids with a microphone uh, trying to make it uh, seem all glamorous and stuff. And them just talking about how they've watched everything on Netflix and everything on HBO and all that nonsense. But um, And we will rise above those ashes. I found myself. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm like... I'm, yeah, I'm opining, not opining, I am shaking my fist at people that are going to make their own podcast and talk about themselves, but for the first, like, uh, 15 minutes of every show, I talk about myself and the things that I do and the things that I like, 
you know? So it's a, it's a bit ironic and a bit hypocritical of me. But guess what? I have the right to do it because I've been doing this for years, okay? It's not like I just picked up this RE20. Thank you, everyone that donated to the GoFundMe. All right? It's not like I just picked up this bad boy microphone. I called this a bad boy show last week, okay? I paid my dues, so I get to talk about myself a little bit before I go into the meat and potatoes of the show. All right there, all you hopheads out there. If you're listening to this show, you're probably a hophead because you're into craft beer. And usually it starts with your love of those darn good hops. And this week for the hop of the week, we are doing two hops, uh, Simcoe and Centennial, because the elementary brewing company for their sports ball decided to include those hops in the description of their beer. And it's now a policy here on Three Beers In. That if I observe that hop uh, in their description, it will be talked about on the show. And if it becomes ad nauseum, if it keeps going and going and going, you keep hearing it over and over again, that's for your benefit, for your education when it comes to the hops. So we've not done Simcoe before, but we have done Centennial before. So I'm going to do Centennial first, just get it out of the way. Uh, Centennial owes its existence to a mix of Brewer's Gold, Fuggle, East Kent Golding, and Bavarian hops. <laughs> Developed in 1974 and released in 1990. That's a pretty <clears throat> big period of time there. Centennial was pioneered by Charles Chuck Zimmerman and S.T. Kenny at Washington State University. It is at times referred to as Super Cascade because it has, uh, because of its similar citric characteristics. Centennial is a much celebrated hop in its versatility with its depth of bitterness and forward aroma, two characteristics that balance each other beautifully. It is well-suited to pale ales and IPAs with a high alpha uh, content and is floral in both flavor and aroma. Centennial has had its ups and downs in the commercial brewing industry, but is currently experiencing a return in popularity, particularly among leading craft breweries. And in the particulars here, yes, it's also known as Super Cascade. The characteristics are earthy and floral with an element of citrus. It's used for bittering and for aroma. And the alpha acid composition is 9.5% to 11.5%. Onto the Simcoe. And I could see now, because I also, I forgot to mention this. The Sports Ball is a double dry hopped India, uh, India Pale Ale. So um, these, these hops that we're reading about here are actually pretty good for... Uh, dry hopping, as well as uh, regular hopping. So Simcoe. Simcoe, this is a, a hop that we hear about quite a bit in the craft beer community. Uh, and now I'm going to finally read about it for all of you here. Released to the world in the year... In the year 2000! The year 2000 by Yakima or Yakima Chief Ranches, American variety Simcoe has become widely popular with craft brewers. With a high alpha percentage and low colhomulone, I think I want to brush up on what the colhomulone is, it makes a very nice foundational bittering hop. It is also noted for its favorable aroma qualities. With uh, It has a pleasantly fruity yet earthy herbal and piney aroma. Uh, Flying Fish used, to, used it to create its 10-year anniversary barley wine, five editions along with Magnum Sierra Nevada, also uh, uses it in one of their high-altitude bold beers, Hop Dominium, 
haptimum. Jesus. It also refers to as the cascade on steroids. So super cascade for the centennial. Or did it also actually say refer to a super, cas- super cascade? And the Simcoe is cascade on steroids. Interesting. So I'm going to maybe... I'm going to maybe read about Cascade right at this, but its uh, characteristics here are bright citrus flavors with earthy undertones, aromas of grapefruit, pine, and herbs. It's used again for its bittering and aroma qualities, and it has an alpha acid composition of anywhere from 12% to 14%. So I'm going to go off the cuff here, and I'm going to click on Cascade. Now, this is from hoplist.com. They're kind of agreeing with me right now. Cascade uh, was pioneered in the 1950s by Jack Horner and his team at the Oregon State University. Cascade hops have since gone on to become one of the most popular American hops of all time. Released in 1972, Cascade now represents around 10% of all hops grown in the United States. It features excellent vigor and yield, and when brewed, exudes a distinct spicy citrus aroma with hints of grapefruit. Well suited to just about any ale or lager, its use is particularly popular in American pale ales. Its relatively poor storage stability tends to be a non-issue with its popularity and subsequent large production volumes from major U.S. breweries ensuring harvests don't slide, uh, sit idle for long. Cascade has, uh, was originally developed through open pollination of English variety Fuggle and Russian variety Serbrienka and is named for the Cascade Range Mountains in California that go all the way north to the British Columbia, which is in Canada. So it's a 4.5 to 8.9% alpha composition. And as we read with the uh, Simcoe, let's go back here. Simcoe is 12 to 14% and the Centennial uh, 9 to 11. So a much higher alpha acid composition with these two hops here, the Simcoe and the Centennial which is probably why uh, it's used here in this IPA uh, for that quality. So that concludes the hop of the week. I'm not going to write down that I wrote that I read about uh, Cascade uh, because that was kind of off the cuff and it is what it is. But again, the more you know about the hops that go into the beers that you like um, or that you grow to like, the better equipped you will be when making your choices at the distributor or wherever it is that you purchase your beer. If you're like me, you know, I, one of my favorite beers are German style ales and lagers. Um, that's just in my wheelhouse of beers that I enjoy, but I do love all beer. I don't kind of, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into one. I choose the German style, um, lagers because they're fairly well received in all circles, whether you're a craft beer drinker or a um, macro beer drinker, you put a, a Kolsch in front of somebody, they're going to like it. So that's just a go-to. But I, again, I'll drink anything. I'm, I'm, I'm a huh when it comes to beer. Just give it to me. But uh, there are some people that aren't like that. There are some people that, that want to stay in a, in, in a lane. And if you can learn about these hops and what they offer to you, then you then that just affords you a better situation when it comes to uh, what you decide to choose uh, in in uh, you know with your purchasing power. Oh Jesus! Okay, <clears throat> pardon me. Okay, beer news, everybody. Beer news. Um, again, it's pretty 
it's pretty, uh, whatchamacallit, uniform right now. It's a lot of coronavirus stuff. And um, I'm trying to keep it as fresh as possible. But it's kind of hard when this has just been such a unbelievably... Um, it just dominates everything right now. It really and truly does. But uh, first things first, I always said that I would do this regardless if I come across an article of a brewery, no matter how big or small, is out there helping out uh, the community, especially the healthcare workers and healthcare professionals. That is, excuse me, the first thing I'm going to do and I will always do. Uh, According to KCRG.com out of Iowa, a Dubuque brewery donates beer to healthcare professionals. A company in Dubuque is showing its appreciation to healthcare workers by donating something that fits with the company's area of expertise, growlers of beer. Okay. Do we, we need all of that? Okay, it's as short article as it is. I'm not mad at the brewery. I'm mad at Fernando Garcia Franceschini. That is the, um, the author. Continuing, Seven Hills Brewing Company is filling growlers with beer for free for any healthcare provider. Keith Gutierrez, the owner of the brewery, said the inspiration came from some nurses who were just uh, sharing the realities of how stressful their work is right now. Quote, knowing that they're that there knowing that there really is no trend or baseline i figured i'd rather fall on the side of being generous gutierrez said uh, in order to get the free beer refills health care uh, professionals must show an id seven hills offers also offers uh, takeout curbside takeout and delivery on the food and the alcohol that's there short little short and sweet article here but seven hills brewing company we thank you we celebrate you uh, what you're doing is a noble and great thing because uh, it's a tough time right now. And, if you, and, and craft beer does bring people together. Um, this next article here, it's coming from iHeart.com. I guess from iHeartRadio. Posted here by Angie Ward. It says here, breweries come together worldwide to help in coronavirus pandemic. Drink beer and help those in need during the uh, coronavirus pandemic, exclaims the author. 300 breweries are helping by using one beer recipe. Okay, so this is about the Altogether IPA. Hashtag altogether beer. You can make it yourself, but the breweries that are uh, other half started it. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, other half started it. So if you can get your hands on it from other half, that's really, really great. Um, so let me see. Do I want to talk about this or do I want to move on? So this popped up just now. So I didn't read this yet or even like look into it, but it's from gearportal.com. Uh, you can buy beer from the best breweries in America online for the first time ever. That caught my eye. Because uh, that's something that's interesting. And, I, and if the editor's note here, the coronavirus has hammered the hospitality industry, forcing restaurants, breweries, and hotels to lay off millions of employees. These businesses are in desperate need of help. Considering Consider ordering takeout or delivery, buying direct from breweries. I've been doing that. I've been trying to order uh, takeout from local places, not any chains. Even though the chains, uh, you know, need help too. I mean, this is a very unique time where everyone's in need. But you do want your local places to to thrive. I'm figuring out how to get beer out of the local bar here yet. I, I do want to try to reach out for that. Um, again, you 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 also have to protect yourself. Obviously, you know you you have your oh geez, is that a crack? Oh, I have an alarm going off. Sorry about that. And I heard my microphone crack. Hope everything's okay with the microphone. Anyway, uh, you got to protect yourself. I mean, you you only have so much. 
resources out there. You know, you, you, you can't keep, it's like support the local uh, restaurants, support the local this, support the local that. It's like, all right, you know, sometimes I do have to just order something on Amazon. But moving on here, um, the best craft breweries of today are local or regional businesses that rely on taproom sales and partnerships with local beer bars. Since coronavirus has thrust uh, social distancing upon the U.S. and forced taprooms and bars alike to shutter, uh, the business model has folded like a house of cards. Craft beer has an answer, though. And it's a long time coming, selling the beer online. Previously only available at shops, bars, and in the taproom. Much hyped New York City breweries like Threes Brewing, Grim Ales, and Evil Twin launched online beer shops in the last two weeks. Grim, uh, which also offers a to-go order. Oh, okay. They do a... Oh, Grim is on Grubhub. And opened its first ever web store for statewide shipping. Threes is planning to launch something similar, an online portal. Okay, interesting. So, okay. So it seems that you can right now, what they're reporting here, it's not necessarily a centralized location, but if you are to go to Monkish Brewing, uh, Russian River Brewing Company, and Alvarado Street, they have all gone virtual. Uh, Plenty of the Elder is online. It's a double the double IPA. It's online. So right now, I believe if you are to go onto some of the more popular breweries' websites, uh, there, there might be a tab there for them to deliver beer to you, whether it's expensive or not, who knows, but it is an option for you, especially if you're a little bored right now in terms of what's going on. Uh, one of the quotes in the article here is our mission is to try to employ as many of our staff as we can and keep the lights on. So if, and when the world goes back to normal, we have a company. I think that's the reality of small companies in and out of beer dealing with this right now. Uh, that's from threes, Joshua Stileman. And he said that necessity is indeed the mother of invention, and it's true. Uh, th- these are trying times, and, and you might just want to pop up there and see what you can find in terms of um, some of the more popular ones uh, and see if they're, if they're delivering. Drink local beer like the economy depends on it. For every beer employee out of work, five non-beer jobs are threatened. Interesting. This is from San Diego Reader. San Diego. I guess that's a San Diego for, uh, terminology because it literally says San Diego reader, not San Diego. But either way, drink local. This has long been the rallying cry, uh, cry of San Diego's beer industry, which is a very booming, great industry, by the way. There are a lot of fantastic San Diego um, breweries that uh, that you all know and love. Uh, but nearly a month into the California's COVID-19 shutdown, the overture has more urgency now than ever particularly for breweries that rely on taproom sales and keg distribution. See, it's the same thing going on and on that once these taprooms closed, it really uh, screwed a whole bunch of things uh, for, a, for a lot of breweries. And that's, that's going to be the, the side of this thing that this pandemic that we're going to have to like really deal with. Um, you know, I've been preaching it uh, as long as, I mean, I've been preaching it well before the pandemic that drinking local is important and to, and to support your local craft uh, brewery. And that was when we were up against the big boys, okay, and up against um, hard seltzers. But now we have this problem here, and, and it's gonna, we're going to start feeling the pain. And this is from uh, San Diego, NBC San Diego. This is not San Diego, but it is San Diego. Oh, am I actually? Oh, I'm retarded. San Diego, when you just put it together, it is San Diego. 
Oh, oh boy. One man show and I can't read. But hundreds have been laid off at Stone Brewing in the pandemic's wake. And this is where it's going to start. These bigger craft breweries that have much bigger staffs are going to start laying people off. You just have to hope that at the end of this, these people are going to be able to get their jobs back and we're going to be able to have uh, the big boys of the craft brewing industry uh, still with us and still operating at full capacity. The coronavirus unemployment claims continue this week with hundreds of stone brewing employees being pink slipped in the wake of COVID-19 with the stay-at-home orders. Uh, the number of affected employees at Stone, more than 300, is large, of course, simply because the Iconic Brewery has many locations, some of them very large. Uh, like I just said, we have made the decision to lay off some of the team Stone as a result of COVID-19, said Dominic Engels, uh, the CEO of Stone, in his news release. This includes a majority of our bistro and taproom employees. We continue to employ a small crew to operate our bistro and taprooms with delivery and curbside pickup. Stone got its start early in the timeline of craft beer, beginning uh, to make its beer back in 1996 in San Marcos, eventually moving its headquarters to Escondido. Its beers have won many awards. I mean, they're highly active. Everyone knows. Everyone knows uh, Stone. Okay? There's there's no question everyone knows Stone. The layoff uh, news for local beer makers is an isolated Stone, of course, with San Diego County employees um, getting bad news in recent weeks with several other breweries. According to a report from Brewbound.com, let me bring that up in another tab and see what the breweries that are affected. Six Brewing, uh, Stone Brewing operates six locations in San Diego County alone, uh, and it names where they are. Uh, it's, it's, it is sad news. Uh, a quote here, this is an extremely challenging time for everyone. Uh, this is Ingalls is, uh, from before as well. Uh, it is our sincere hope that when we make it through this pandemic and as the economy and demand warms back up, we'll be able to look forward to welcoming folks back to their job. And we will drink to that. This, uh, as the article concludes, and this was written by, who's it written by? Oh, there's, it's not listing the article here. I mean, the, uh, the author. So I'm a little upset about, about that, but I, this this link here led me to Brewbound uh, Beer Industry News Events and Jobs, um, and this here is I, like I said I got it from the the article from before here. This is by Justin Kendall and Jessica Infante. Stone cuts thirty percent. We know that, but it said it had other breweries here too. Okay, uh, crap breweries across the country also cutting work as it goes. Deschutes Brewery, uh, Mika Mika Nemans. Uh, Fifco USA, three, four, three Floyds, Night Shift, Great Lakes, Harpoon, Unita, Jester King, and Monday Night Brewing, among others. A uh, a recent beer uh, Brewers Association survey found that 65%, 65.7% of respondents had to cut their staff. Boston Beer Company, which lost 90% of its on-business premises in a matter of three weeks, has furloughed dozens of workers in the Cincinnati uh, tap room. It's bad. It's it's not it's really bad, and you, you you gotta hope that that the industry can survive this, because this is something that could fuck it all up. It really can. I mean, again, the, not saying that the industry was reeling, but we were in a weird place. It was kind of like even though those numbers being pumped up by the Brewers Association, you know, trying to get everybody in, saying like, look at how great craft beer is doing. They were kind of I don't want to say they were fudging it, but they were they were mishmashing with how they define certain things. But then again, they're the quote-unquote American beer lobby, so they're going to always try to prop up the industry, and you just got to hope that when this thing is all said and done, everything's going to be okay. One other thing I wanted to get to before I get to the beer review, uh, and I put this a part of the uh, beer uh, news part, 
And it's last but not least, so to speak, there is a show. Let me just make sure I get the, the name of the show right because I found it on Netflix. Yeah, there it is. Found it on Netflix. It's called Bruise Brothers. Okay. And it is a it is a show all about craft beer. It just came out April 10th, 2020, just got released. Uh, just real quick here, the blurb here is a strange brothers, Wilhelm and Adam Rodman find themselves running a brewery together, but they couldn't be more different in their beer making techniques and personalities. So just right off the bat, just looking at like the, the, the picture of the show, like how it was presented. I was a little skeptical. I was like, Oh God, this is going to be probably real campy and real dumb and it is it's it's so it starts off very very juvenile there's a lot of jerk off jokes dick jokes poop jokes you know very campy very very cheesy comedy but but baked into all that nonsense because the first episode was pretty shitty right and then it gets a little better warms up a little bit i'm in episode five i like it i'm gonna keep watching it because i just love that i feel like it's a show specifically for me i feel like this for the first time ever I'm watching a show that's just so in my wheelhouse. Like they're using the term, like they use the, they were talking about Simcoe, uh, Columbus hops. They're talking about the, you know, d- different terminology and beers and stuff, hazy IPA, stouts, porters, everything. They talk about everything in the, in the damn show. And they do present it as a comedy. And there's some, I don't, I usually don't laugh when I watch any comedies, even stand up. I just don't laugh. I don't know why. I just, it just doesn't hit me like that. I'm more of a, in the moment kind of person. Um, but, yeah, if you're into craft brews, which if you're listening to this, you definitely are, check it out, Brews Brothers. You've watched everything else, you're gonna like it because it's it's got it's it's cheesy humor. It doesn't have great reviews right now, um, but I mean, if you're into craft uh, um, beer and stuff, you, you like it. You're gonna like it. I, I mean, to me, it was great. They're short episodes. They're like 25 minutes long, 30 minutes long. And uh, I like it a lot. I really hope that they get a second season. I don't know if they will. You know, I, it doesn't seem like there will be a, a second season. But for me and for what it's worth, I really, really like what they're doing. And I really like how um, how it presents itself. And I just think it's fantastic. So check it out. Bruise Brothers and... Just you're going to enjoy it. You really will because it's 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 for us. It's for the craft beer drinkers of the world. I mean, I, th- there have been cringy parts where I'm like, "Am I like that? You know, do I approach beer just like this guy's doing it? You know, so snobby and ridiculous." And then I, I think it's just got in it all the great things about craft beer and all the bad things about it. And and it's just, I mean, it's really fun. It's really fun, and I think you got to watch it. Bruise Brothers, okay. Bruce Brothers, it's right, it's right in our wheelhouse, guys. You're gonna love it. Really and truly you will. You know, for a guy who's such a stickler on things that he says a lot, I say really and truly just as much as I say nonetheless. And maybe it's just the way I talk, but I I don't I don't like being so repetitive. You know? I wanna be unique and I don't wanna lose the interest of all the great fans out there. But here we are. I <laughs> almost said it again. Here we are, guys. We're doing the beer review part and um, a sports ball from Elementary uh, Brewing Company. That's an IPA, six point two percent ABV, twelve IBUs, and this is what's to the description here. They don't have it listed on their site anymore, so I went with what we have here on Untapped. 
which I'm going to. I keep, I'm keeping it up to date. I do sometimes. I like I, it hits me in my head. I'm like, oh god, I gotta do the untap. But I'm keeping it up to date, trying to make sure that everyone is able to play along with three beers in. It says here, hey sports fans, is your sports watching experience missing something? Would you like to see more touch in your downs, more slams in your jams, hats in your tricks? Well, worry not, not <laughs> worry not, because sports ball is here. This MVP, uh, and in parentheses, mostly very pale, ale will help move those chains. Brewed with a puck ton <laughs> of Simcoe and Centennial hops to pair really well when team of choice takes the uh, pitch, ice, field, or court go sports. Pretty cool can. Uh, it's got, it, it caught my eye. It's got a really nice, like that. Um, whatchamacallit that uh, varsity lettering with sports ball it's underlined from the L uh, elementary it's got a really cool like nebula what is that a chemistry what is that a neuron or a ne- neutron or something you can tell that I'm smart same thing on the can here drinking for science here says SRM is 6.2 CO2 is 2.45 and I've got to look into that it's the first time I've ever seen that on a beer IBU 12.4 Again, I've never seen it with a with a point on it like that. Orig- original gravity, uh, 1.054, and the ABV is 6.2. So they, they gave you a lot of information. One of the things I didn't mention before is that it's a double dry hopped India Pale Ale. And um, I didn't include that in the original uh, description. I'm trying to get a sound of the pour there right in front of my face. Not trying to go ASMR on you people, but I do like to capture the sights and sounds. Alrighty, pours out real nicely. Um, three fingers ahead there. A pretty pearly white head. Eh, maybe a little off color there, but not too uh, different from the first uh, round of this. I wrote down in my notes here. Gave it its due diligence, and now we will do it yet again. So I'm going to look it over, and uh, it holds true to the last one. Uh, it's got some floaties in it. Um, yeah, the fi- the head goes pretty quick. I wrote that down there. Two fi- I had two fingers before. This is the three fingers here. Dashes away pretty quickly. It's an amber, uh, a slight reddish uh, hue to it. Uh, it's opaque, and the floaties, like I had said before. Uh, a pretty decent-looking beer. Uh, run-of-the-mill IPA look to it. Um, you know, it doesn't have a juice bomb look, okay? And I do remember earlier saying that I was hoping for a juice bomb. But here we are. We're going to see what we get uh, when it comes to this one. And then we're going to get a nose on it here because it's a fairly pedestrian-looking beer. Uh, you know, medium carbonation going on. It looks pretty good, so that's good. Yeah, we got a piney aroma still. Slightly dank. But not too strong. It doesn't. It's not really punchy. You know, some of these IPAs with the with the dankness of the hops. I mean, it just bursts right out of the can as soon as you open it. You know, but that's not really happening here. Piney, very piney, citrus fruit, melon forward on the nose here. Yeah, it's got like a, a slight tropical fruit aroma that's going on. Nothing too, nothing too crazy on the nose. I mean. It's, it's got a dank, it's got a dankness to it, but it's not, 
my nose isn't overwhelmed, right? I'm not sitting here saying I love to smell it, but it's got a nice aroma to it. But even by the smell here, even though it's it's an inviting aroma, but based off the smell, I know it's not going to be a juice bomb. Look and smell, not going to be a juice bomb. Let's get to the uh, to the taste, shall we? Okay. Pretty similar to the first one, so it's cons the consistency is there. It's a very moderate, uh, hoppy flavor there with a semi-dry finish here. Not getting that 6.2% whatsoever, okay? And the IBU, if that's an indicator of anything, it is not that bitter. I mean, at the end there, it gets a little bit bitter. But when you go through the ride here, it, it definitely won't knock your socks off with the hops. Yeah, in the hop department here, it's not too overwhelming it's pretty whelming mm. with that being said though it's quite drinkable very clean tasting beer and it's got really really fantastic burps i really you know it's been a while since i had a good burper here and this is really hitting it out of the park with the burps very clean tasting beer uh it's got a vibrant carbonation i was actually a little surprised at that it's not as um i thought it would be quite uh, medium it's well balanced though for sure the citrus is pretty forward rounds out with a little bit of a melon flavor there um slight stone fruit that dry dainty dainty dry bitter finish i mean it's really really mellow it's not um it's not overpowering whatsoever you know all around good good aroma and good flavor you know it, the, the nose is great and the in the in the, the flavor is pretty good too hmm Overall, pretty good. Pretty decent. Very drinkable. Very drinkable. All things considered here, very decent, clean, and refreshing beer. Uh, doesn't punch very hard with the hops, which which makes me feel like they should have maybe categorized this as just a pale ale. Uh, not calling it an, uh, this whole double dry hopped IPA situation. Like That's just me being a stickler, though. But um, I would just expect more in that hop department um based upon what i'm reading right on the can but that's just again that's just me being a stickler about it hmm it does have a hop forward flavor finishes real clean like i said before finishes dry ish i mean i like how balanced this beer is and because of all that i'm going to give it a 7.3 i think that's a very fair score because i do think that this beer is above average but not like you know crazy Right, this I would bring to the barbecue. I think I said last week, um, I would be no, no, not last week. I'm sorry, that was a porter. But the week before with the pills, pills mafia, I would be really upset if I brought that to somebody. This, this is a pretty good one. I'm not saying it's middle of the road. I think it's a little bit more than middle of the road. I think it's a, you know, a drinkable uh, IPA, excuse me, or pale ale like this. Uh, you know, you want to say they're a dime a dozen, but when you get one. Uh, you know, you, you, you got to appreciate it. Mm. Mm. Really good burps. Let me tell you. Good aroma, good flavor. I think 7.3 is pretty fair. You know? And that's the show. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, support that local brewery. Support those people that you that you know and love because God only knows what's going to happen at the end of this. 
It's it's really scary stuff. I just want to go back to normal. I want to go to a brewery. I want to go to Bolero Snort. That's where I want to go. Shout out to them. Uh, call your local places. See what they're doing. Either it's curbside or you go pick it up. Big deal if you got to go get it. And, uh, and look into uh, some of the big boys out there. And big boys in terms of the craft beer industry. And see if they're offering because you don't want to see them go either. You know what I mean? This is a trying time. We got to be prepared. All right, everybody. Appreciate all of your love and support. I'm going to catch you all next week. Sorry that it wasn't on. I couldn't do a show on Easter Sunday. Come on now. All right, guys. Enjoy the beer. Cheers. I'm going to see you guys on the other side. Take care, everybody. <laughs>